You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Hey, welcome to The Bombad Generals. It's your host, Seth, and I'm here with... Matt. And sadly, once again, Todd could not make it. He is too busy pressing F5, waiting for the next rules update article, so... It will be out by next episode, so we should see him uh, see him for that. We got a lot to talk about today. Got a lot of things happening this past week uh, for Legion. Um, some articles dropped, and there's a specific thing we want to talk about. And we want to move into our segment. What have you been running, uh, Matt? Tell us what what have we been running? Well, we actually played a game this past Saturday. This was post points drop pre rules changes now we should say for posterity we have seen the first two rule change articles so the one about cover and line of sight and the one about passing so there are still two yet to drop but we played a game before any of those testing out some new lists and we were both running force users i had maul gar saxon and some pikes and then you were running anakin with a bunch of clones yeah, it's great game, fun times. Um, but there's a lot of things that we we learned from that, and specifically, we learned a lot about uh, force users. We want to take time just to talk about force users, mainly because both Matt and I love running force users. Matt being a big Luke player, Maul player, myself being a big Yoda player. Um, man, we just want to take time talking about that. And the new changes tie in quite a bit actually to how force users work. So they're it could be morphing coming up, and it's it's a cool time for Force users. So to kick us off, Seth, very basic. Why would you take a Force user? I think there's a lot of reasons to take a Force user, and one of the things for me is the toolkit that um, Force users bring to a lot of situations. They combat a lot of unique situations, whether it be going up against heavies, going up against another force user, going up against uh, a wide army, going up against a low army. That's the first thing I would say is the reason to take a force user. And we'll we'll dive into a lot of the different toolkits. I would agree with a lot of the things you're saying. They have a very unique toolkit, which makes them very fun to play. And it is actually really important to me to have a fun list that I enjoy playing. Force users also often have really cool command cards and can do some fun tricks. And also, I think in Legion, a lot of times, it's hard to control more than one focus piece for your army. So if you're going to have kind of one central focus for your army, why not make it the best, most powerful single units in the game? Because I think that's what most of the time Jedi are. When we talk about their unique toolkit, why you want to take a force user. For me, it can almost be boiled down to one thing. They don't have to roll dice to be effective. And we see that in a lot with some of the best upgrades in the game, force push, force choke. So one of the things I was, I was telling you just the other day is that over the last little while, I've been trying to not run force users in some competitive lists just to basically practice and, and see what I can do without uh, that crutch of having force push. And I think it's not a coincidence that over that time span, I also felt like I had the most games or the highest frequency of games where I was getting bad dice luck, right? 
as again, I don't think that's a coincidence because when you don't have a force user, you are relying a bit more on dice to, to make things happen versus force users have guaranteed effects often that don't need you to roll anything like force push. We're talking objectives, right? Someone's on the intercept point. You know 100% I can take that guy, force push him off the intercept point, and he is not a scoring unit. Or I can go in with force choke and I will kill your heavy, or I will kill your guy with a box. So this is kind of takes us to our first part of the new rules, where essentially when we talk about line of sight, the changes boil down to a few things. One, I think we can agree there's going to be more cover floating out there, right? Yep, 100%. That's good for Jedi in that makes it easier for them to approach in cover. And when they are attacking, they don't really care about cover unless they're saber throwing. But I think the bigger thing is we're going to see weirder strategies that come out of the fact that you can't scope people anymore. So one example before Let's say you've got a hostage or someone with recover the supplies and they're trying to run away. Before, they would cohere such that they would get cover, but also they would want you to see as many people in the unit as possible so that you couldn't scope the leader, kill the leader, and they drop the box. Now, the leader can stay in the open if they can't get if they can't quite get to a piece of cover swing four or five guys behind line of sight blocker and the leader can't be scoped. If you do a wound to them, it's going to go to someone out of line of sight. That's one of the big changes. So it's going to become a lot harder to kill that unit. But you know what isn't harder to kill that unit with? Force choke, boom, unit leader's gone. So that's the big thing for me. Force users do things where you don't have to roll dice. Yeah. One thing I love about force users is their action economy and that a lot of those unique tools that they bring to not roll dice are actually all free actions. So mm -hmm. on top of your two normal actions, whether it be a move or an attack, you get those free actions. So you have a greater effect on the game. You have basically more actions than what a normal unit would have. Oh, I remember games back in the day with like Op Luke, with Mind Trick and force reflexes, where it's like, okay, I go, I mind trick, you get to suppression, then I serve your master well, you attack your friend, then I get a free dodge, then I force push this guy into the open. Okay, now I'm gonna take my first action, right? Like, yeah. they can do so many things. <laughs> it's insane what they can do, and not every force user is as effective as other force users, like for, like Op Luke has that, you serve your master well. Um, but Maul does not have something like that, where he. but instead he gets three other actions. And so each Force user does have different strategies, but it's the same concept of where they have normally more actions than what a normal unit would have. And that kind of transitions us into the next part, which is, okay, Force users are good. I want to take a Force user. How am I going to maximize that Force user to get the most out of my... 200-ish point investment. I think one of the best ways to maximize the strength of your force user is to be around 10 acts. Now this brings up the new discussion of the new pass mechanic. Essentially, if you have less remaining activations, so you count up things on the table, things in your bag, things on cards, if you have like ploy out, and if you have less, you get one pass 
per round per player if those conditions yes. are met. Now, one thing that I have been explaining to people today that I want to highlight here because I think it's not Im immediately obvious. Let's say I have nine activations and you have 10. If you go first, now you can pass my turn. Exactly. I have nine. You have nine. We have the same amount. I cannot pass, which means you are still going last. And that is still huge. That is still very big. Passing does not yes. mean that, oh, now that we have a nine and a 10 act army, it's kind of like we're playing a 10 act army versus a 10 act army because it's not the no, same. It's not the same. So it's I've not someone kind of describe it as like a half pass. And I think that's a good mental shorthand to think of it as. And the reason why we want to be around 10 acts is because you want your force user to be one of your last activations to go, if not your last activation to go in that turn. And the reason there's less fire that your force user will take before they dive, uh, they are able to affect the end of the turn game, whether it be intercept the transmission scoring, they can pretty much do whatever they want at the end of the turn because no other units are going. Yeah, what you want to avoid is you go early and then another force user comes and force pushes you into the open and everyone shoots you or the unit you attack withdraws and everybody shoots you right those sorts of things if you go last you have perfect knowledge and you can make better decisions with all the options that you have at your disposal i think for me one of the big things that i want to maximize a force user is you want additional threats I don't think lists that are all about the force user and a whole bunch of chaff, I don't think they're often very good because the strength of a force user is that either your opponent has to focus on your force user and you punish them with the rest of your list, or they focus on the rest of your list and you punish them with your force user. If your force user is all you've got, then they can focus on that and mitigating that with little to no downside. So that's why you see like Luke with a DLT gun line or you like, you know, Yoda with some Wookiees, something else. What, another thing to maximize your, the strengths of your force user is you want to play an objective that your force user can be strong at, whether it be like payload, where you can force people off the payload, key positions where you can force push people off the key positions, sabotage the moisture evaporators, where they can dive into evaporator, or hostage exchange where you can dive into a hostage. Because if you're doing something like breakthrough, your force user is not going to have as much of an effect as what they would have in those other objectives. Yeah, Breakthrough might be one of the weaker ones. Of course, it, it depends on the rest of the things you have in your list. But that is kind of the big thing about Force users. Like, you're listing off a lot of objectives. Even something like Bombing Run, the Force user probably isn't who you want to be carrying the bomb in, but they can be a great linebacker moving around, killing things, picking up bombs. Yes. When we talk about maximizing your Force user and we talk about having additional threats, you don't need to swing your lightsaber very often as a force user. I've played a ton of games with Op Luke, one of the most expensive force users, where I barely swung his lightsaber and I still felt like mm -hmm. I got 220 points of value. Yeah. It's the threat. It's the threat, it's the zoning, it's how they control the game. Even if they're just sitting behind a wall and forcing your opponent to kind of stay back a bit. The great thing about them is that their threat range is about range two with jump and 
charge or relentless, but like having that where you can sit behind a wall or a building, a line of sight blocker, and then being able to jump out um, as needed. It punishes your opponent when they try to play aggressive or it forces your opponent, like you said, to stay back. And when you talk about um, threat range being about range two, because that's essentially two speed two moves, Okay, that's why burst of speed is so great because now you're looking at two speed three moves, which is about 16 inches, which is just under range three. But then if you force mm-hmm. push someone into you for safety, which basically once you dive, you want your Jedi to be engaged in melee or out of sight, whatever it takes to not get shot. If you double move and force push someone into you, that is a threat range beyond range three. Now, unless you're Maul, you won't be able to attack after that, but you don't really need to. You being in the middle of your opponent's army can be great even if you don't get an attack off that turn because you're safe, relatively. I remember playing a gunline list back with when Rex was prevalent and whenever a Jedi got into my army, it screwed up my whole tactics because now I have to deal with something inside my army and it just screws up the rest of my play style. And so having your having a Jedi just be in the army can be a huge threat and a huge win for the rest of your army to do what they need to do. So if we're talking about Jedi's getting into your army, we're kind of talking about when they're going to make the dive. So when do you want to dive with your force user? When do you not want to dive with your force user? Uh, so timing is, of course, everything on this. Um, and I, it, of course, all depends on game state, but I find the best time to dive is at the end of the turn and also the end of the turn where the rest of your army is hitting your opponent's army. So for instance, if my whole army is back and they're just doing objectives, now is not the time to dive mm-hmm. for my army. But if well, my whole same army thing, is- Right, it's, it's having those additional threats because if you're diving yes. when the rest of your army is out of range, now they're not being punished for focusing on your force user because the rest of your army isn't doing anything. It's making your opponent decide what threats they want to deal with and having them make the mistake. I think too, for me, I'm now I'm naturally, I think a much more conservative force user player than many people. Some people like to get their Jedi in as soon as they humanly can. I honestly probably turn three, maybe, maybe even turn four or five is when I'm getting in there with my Jedi. The first few turns, it's positioning, it's zoning, and then later on you dive. Because again, if you dive too early, even if you're keeping yourself safe in melee, if you've got five turns where you're surrounded by melee threats, not even yeah. melee threats, just like stormtrooper squads with five guys throwing five black in melee. If you have to endure that for five turns, let's say, you might not get out of there alive, especially if you get a little bit of a bad variance. And yeah. generally in force user lists, if you lose the force user, it's game over. You're done. I remember a game, I remember the game that you and I played. You spent a whole activation of Maul just passing because you're like, this is not the time to dive. And it may feel bad as a roughly under 200 point unit, but you again, it's a 200 point unit and six rounds is a long time to still play the game. Yeah, going in there to like get one act extra chop chop to take maybe four models off the table is not worth losing your force user because that is going to be really bad. You want them there in the end game because the end game is where you have the most power to influence objectives. Now on the flip side, 
We said if you lose your force user, it's probably game over in a lot of circumstances. If your force user is alive and you've lost a ton of other stuff, you kind of feel like you're still in the game. So we talk about a lot how to maximize your force user and how to make your force user the most effective. But we also want to talk about what do you do when you come across a force user or you play against a force user? How do you how do you counter a force user, Matt? Well, actually, it's funny that you're you're asking me this because I feel like the number one thing that I say when I look at other people's lists or when I look at my own lists that I am theory crafting, I'm always saying, well, it looks good, but what happens when a force user comes up against me and can do whatever they want? Because usually that's the thing that ultimately makes me go, okay, delete, get that out of my uh, out of my list of lists there, because you have to have a plan for it from the list building stage. I think there are a few ways to do this. The best way, but also a quite expensive way, is to have your own force user. <laughs> yes. Because you're gonna deter your opponent's dive. If I have Luke in the middle of your army and you have force push, then it's very tricky for me to stay alive in that circumstance because you can just stand by with everything and then force push Luke and shoot him up and then he's close to death. So in those circumstances, I'm probably just not diving with my force user and we're kind of having a, a Mexican standoff there just looking at each other from across the board. No one wants to no one wants to dive in. And I think some force users are better at that than others. I'm thinking particularly Dooku is very good, partly because he's not as fast as some other force users. So it's easier for him if you come to him rather than he has to go to you, but also Mikashi Mastery. So Dooku's really good at that. I think Anakin's really good as a linebacker. So that's number one, have your own copy of Force Push. Number two, I'd say there's kind of two different ways you can go. Maybe one would be more character focused and really it's like have a whipcord, a way to to catch the Jedi out. That can deter a force user, but it might not deter them for long, or if they have burst of speed, it might not affect them too much, but at least makes it makes them think and it makes it a little bit tougher, and that might be all the time you need to get ahead on attrition. And then kind of tied with that, I would say is having some really chunky melee threats, but probably not just one, probably two, like I always had trouble against double Magna Guard lists. But yeah, those are those are the main ones for me. If I've got an army of like Veers, Krennic, some Death Troopers and some, some Shore Troopers, I'm gonna have a pretty bad time against a Jedi. They're just gonna walk up and say, ooh, look at all these red saves for me to pierce. And no one's really gonna tell me I can't. Though that particular list, I guess has the third option third or fourth option, which is standbys. You can deter Jedi a little bit on the approach with a standby because they're gonna be getting within range two of you and you're gonna get a shot off on them and they don't really wanna take any shots. They don't wanna take any wounds because once they're close to death, their play style alters quite a bit because you have to be very conservative. So standbys can help on the approach, but once a Jedi's in, standbys can do a bit, especially if they're well-placed because they can kind of keep mm -hmm. a Jedi where they're at, but they're not gonna do 
enough in many cases. And I think one last thing, a big counterplay against a force user is to actually have a higher activation count list, mm-hmm. probably around 11 acts. Um, probably want to go over that. Uh, of course, not every army can do this, but that way, again, your force user wants to go last. That's the same with your opponent. Their force user wants to go last. And so having higher activation count prohibits your enemy's force user from going last so that your a unit, a strong unit that you have can go after your force user and hit them back. And so I think having that higher activation count is huge, um, even though we still have a pass mechanic. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, you think about something like, you know, we talked about Boba Fett, he's got a whipcord. Maybe you don't have to hit the force user back that turn, but if you go last, you know where the force user is, you can go that direction and better threaten a whipcord on the following turn. And that, the reason, <clears throat> and that want to go last against a four user, I think is why even with the new pass mechanic, I don't think I'm dropping down to nine activations unless I have a force user of my own. Because if I don't, there will still be 10 act force user lists out there and they're gonna go last every single turn against me until stuff starts dying. And you don't want that if you don't have a force user. Yes, you heard that right. Do not go to nine acts unless you have a force user. <laughs> I think that wraps up our talk about force users. If you have any questions, feel free to email us. Um, but hey, let's uh, let's hit the break. Here is the ads. I don't know about you, but I always have trouble shopping for holiday gifts. There's always those people in your life who are hard to shop for, and you never know what to get them. Well, worry no more, because Carbonite is here to save you this holiday season. Everyone wants something, or someone, in Carbonite. Does your dad love sports? Grab a Geely ball and put it in Carbonite. Does your sister love animals? Grab a Porg and toss it in Carbonite. Does someone owe your mom money? Well, you know what to do. Visit your local Carbonite dealers today. Alrighty, so we are back, and now it's time for the top tactical tactic of the podcast. Lethal and dodges so the timing window for spending your aim to get lethal happens in the modify attack dice step of an attack and that step is after the apply dodge and cover step now why is this important the reason it's important is if you have an arc strike team which recently went down in points maybe that means they'll see a bit more play Maybe the other changes mean they won't. Echo will still probably see some play, so it's relevant there. If you are shooting at a unit with a dodge, let's say a pike unit, because they can dodge anything they want if you're if you're an arc without high velocity, if the defender cancels all of your hits with dodges, let's say you force one past cover, the pike dodges it, they make that decision before you have to spend your aim for lethal. So now you know no hits are getting through, there's no point in spending this aim, now I just keep the aim, and because I'm a clone, one of my buddies can come along and use it on a following activation. So super quick, super simple, it really only comes up with clones because otherwise if you have an aim left over at the end of your attack, other factions don't really care. But an extra aim once in a while, not bad. 
How about you, Seth? You've got our key keyword of the week, and it is a doozy. What is it? Yeah, so since we're talking about force users, I decided to bring my favorite keyword of the game in, and that is guidance. There's only one unit that has this keyword, and that is the Master Yoda. The keyword guidance. It is my personal favorite, um, and I just want to talk about how to utilize guidance effectively because it is such a mind bender of a keyword. Um, and I think one it of the is things. It's so simple, though. That's the crazy it thing. Is. All it's a very simple keyword. Is that as an action for Yoda, you can choose a friendly unit at range one to two, and they can perform an action that isn't an attack. It's super simple, but. To use it effectively, I feel like it's very complex. Mm -hmm. And I just want to talk about that. So I think one of the things you want to think of guidance less of a way to cripple your opponent's army like Palpatine does and more of a way to ease the play of your own army to open different possibilities for your army. And so I'm going to say that again. It's more of a way to ease the play on your own army to open difficult, different possibilities and less of a way to cripple your opponent's army. So unlike every other unit, you want to think of action economy specifically for that unit. So OP Luke or uh, Anakin or Obi-Wan, you specifically think of the action economy for that unit. When Yoda, you want to think about the action economy for all of Yoda's actions and his surrounding units, whether it be Wookiees or your your core Um whether it be objectives, not vehicles, so you, I guess, critically only troopers, not vehicles, yeah. only troopers, only troopers. So you want to think about your surrounding units and how do you, how do you utilize that to your advantage? And I did some list with some tricks to guidance, and some tricks with guidance is you can give a unit a standby and then force push an enemy unit. You know, be, and then that triggers the standby. Go for it. Thing to be aware of there: you cannot guidance a standby onto something that is already attacked currently because if you have attacked during that round you can no longer take a standby action in that round so yeah that's the first point uh second point is to uh move a hostage unit or just do any objective action whether it be uh tapping evaporator or um again moving your hostage unit or moving a unit into a line of sight blocker uh with that is holding a box um or having a unit claim a box um, and recover the supplies. So there's a lot of, like, you want to think a lot about your objectives while using guidance. I think objective play is the strongest for Yoda. Mm -hmm. To maximize a lot of guidance is to play objectives that require objective actions. Things like sabotage moisture evaporator, bombing run, um, things that require your units to claim or tap or do an objective action that really maximizes a lot of guidance. It's less sneaky, but on those objectives too, even a free move from guidance to get something into scoring range that otherwise wouldn't have scored can be pretty yeah. good. It's not as flashy. It won't take as many people by surprise, but sometimes it just, it's what you need to do. Yeah, I think of a time when someone dropped off a bomb. Uh, I was about little outside of range two so i could not move on to and claim it but i could guidance a unit to move and then have them move and claim again um so that they could claim that bomb and that bomb does not go off so there's a bunch of different possibilities you can do when it comes to objectives with guidance um 
and then also is doing special actions only unique units can do. For instance, Padme, she can only do quick thinking. And if Yoda's just sitting back, let's say on his three pip turn, or just you just don't want to dive with him yet, man, you can just give Padme quick thinking, give her aim and dodge. Um, and that just bolsters your whole army right there. Speaking of bolster, uh, with your clone commander, let's say you're running a bunch of phase ones and the only surges you have is from your clone commander with bolster is you can have them bolster again so you can bolster twice. So having four surges, um, also using Wookiees to scale um, is huge because they get another free clamber uh, and that way they have extra movement on there. Um, and one thing I want to remind you is that guidance does not require line of sight. So you can have Yoda hiding behind a line of sight and he can he can affect the whole army. We talked a lot about force users affecting the game without rolling dice. I think Yoda is one of the strongest at that. Now, specifically about his one pip, I think his one pip brings out a ton of new possibilities. Um, and I think one of the things is like playing your one pip turn one, love playing it at turn one. The reason is because let's say on Sabotage the Moisture Evaporator, I can get a unit to move onto the Evaporator, you know, double move, and then have Yoda double tap that Vap with his one pip. And that way I don't have to, f I don't have to worry about that Evaporator the whole rest of the game. One of the things, uh, this is a very niche case scenario, uh, is double standbying and force push on a one pip. I remember one time uh, a Cad Bane came and wanted to melee my Wookiees. I played my one pip. I did a guidance standby on Wookiees and Chewbacca was right there next to them. And then I guidance to standby on Chewbacca as well. And then I force pushed Cad Bane into Ooh. melee with Chewbacca. Ooh, yeah. And in that way, he does a standby. He punches Cad Bane and then I then that other standby from the Wookiees, they spend their standby and charge in, and that's two attacks with just one turn from Yoda. It's huge. Um, very niche case, but it's something that you can do effectively. And with that being a one pip, you can do the standbys first before they attack, so you don't come into the mm. rule complication of what we talked about earlier. I think one thing to remember with the tricks on Yoda's one pip is that if you're using guidance twice, those are your two actions for the turn, which means Yoda's yeah. not gonna be able to move. So you just have to make sure that he is in position to be able mm -hmm. to do all of that. And that might mean you have to move him the turn before to ensure that he has range to do all these things. And then one of the last things is double moving a unit to charge. I think of a time where I played Yoda's one pip, my opponent played Boba's new two pip where he cannot attack, but at the end of his activation, he can pretty much bomb anyone around him. But what I did was play that one pip and then I just double moved my Wookiees into melee with Boba, Boba. so that yeah. he cannot move and attack the core. And I just shut down that whole two pip turn for him but i don't think my opponent sees it coming and all a lot of times i don't see like it's it's hard That's to guidance see that coming for you. even it with is, that it thing is. that we were taught you were talking about with bombing run you know we're so used to thinking okay a unit can do this and a unit can do that they need two moves and then an action to do this so then they only have two actions not three so i'm safe and yoda turns that all on his head that's kind of the main thing that's the main trick i wanted to add to your list actually was fire supports because fire supports, you know, especially top level players, they're sitting there looking and saying, okay, range, usually it's range three is the range I'm trying to skirt the edge of so that you can't come up and fire support me. 
But with guidance, you can just say, hey, what if I move that clone trooper with a face up so that now you are in range three? And then either on a falling activation or maybe Yoda himself will force wave and fire support from that clone unit. So your opponent might not see that coming because they're so used to thinking, okay, I'm beyond range three, I'm safe, and then boom, they aren't. That's a huge advantage that Guidance has. It changes the calculations of how your opponent is thinking about how you're running your army. And that I've, rem- I've played a ton of games where I Guidance something and they're like, oh crap, I did not calculate for that. To where like, it's, it is really hard to calculate because there's so much flexibility that you can do with Guidance. And I think that Mm-hmm. That uniquely makes Yoda super amazing. One thing I do want to highlight is that even though you can guidance an action which triggers a free action, so most commonly guidance a move which triggers an attack with charge or guidance a move which triggers a clamber with scale, those are fine. One of the few limitations that guidance has is you cannot guidance a free action directly. So if you have Anakin with force push. If you're running a crazy Yoda Anakin list, you cannot guidance force push because that's a free action. You cannot guidance someone to pick up supplies on supply drop because that is a free action. So it's a small limitation because there's not a lot of free actions out there, but it's something to just keep aware of that that is one limitation of guidance. And that is our key keyword of today. And that is episode three. So we will be coming to you guys next week with the first of our player interviews. So keep a lookout for that dropping on December 23rd. We've got a good one lined up to kick us off. And if you haven't already, I would highly recommend checking out the interview we did last week with David Zelenka, who you may know as Endless from the Discord. Uh, He runs the Yavin-based Team League and the Yavin-based Twitch and YouTube channel for a lot of streaming. We talked to him about not just packs, but tournament preparation, your approach to tournaments, a lot of good stuff. So whether or not you think you might go to packs in the future, I think it's a really good listen. And uh, David's a very good guy to talk to so i would strongly recommend that well thank you so much for watching the bombad generals if you want to write into the podcast just email bombadpodcast at gmail.com i'm seth and i'm matt and stay gungan kids this has been the bombad generals Listening to Bob Band Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, missed triggers, aim losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bombad Generals is right for you. 